When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous walrus, the bulbous walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Is This Real Life, a podcast that relates the quirkiest aspects of pop culture and reality TV to our own lives. I'm your host, Mandy Slutsker. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. Fall is finally here and summer is winding down. I'm so excited because some of my favorite Bravo shows are coming back, including The Real Housewives of Dallas. I cannot wait. That starts Wednesday, September 4th. I hope all of you are watching. This week was the ending of Southern Charm Season 6. I did enjoy this season, but it is still so disappointing to watch the men on the show and how they behave, with the exception of probably Craig, who may be the only decent human being on the show. The women are all right, but I feel like they make so many excuses for the men. I was so disappointed to watch Cameron during the reunion defend Shep and what he said to Austin about telling Madison to shut the F up. And Austin said, you can't really say that to a woman. That is true. You should not say that, especially to your partner. And he said, well, what if Jason were to tell you to shut the F up? And Cameron's like, he does. And guess what? I shut the F up. Like, who does she think? Cameron? upholding the patriarchy. It is very, very disappointing, but I guess I should expect it from her. Um, The other women also seem to be buying into this whole women have to be a certain way, even with the way they talk about the rumor that Madison said that Shep gave Danny chlamydia. And Andy Cohen rightly said, you know, it's not that big of a deal. You can treat it with a seven-day course of antibiotics. And again, the women were like, yeah, but for a woman in her 30s. And it's like, oh, God, you know, who wants to get married? Come on, by freaking out about this rumor. And I understand Danny freaking out because it's about her. But by everyone else making it into this huge thing, they're further stigmatizing people who get sexually transmitted infections, which are many people, including people on the cast. And let's not forget that Shep admitted to two judgy girls, Summer Mary, that he had had chlamydia twice. So you know that he was lying when he was talking at the reunion about Austin just getting misconstrued. I was just so disappointed. It's almost as if there was no sort of shining light this reunion. No one who really came across amazing or made you laugh or smile. And that was really sad. Also, it was so hard to watch this knowing it was filmed before Catherine Dennis's mother passed away. At one point, she did say, you know, my mom's really sick. And I don't think people understood that she's like, I'm just trying to get by finding people or other children for my kids to play with, which includes Madison's son, who's the same age as her kids. And that just broke my heart. 
In other Southern Charm news, Catherine Dennis and her boyfriend, Hunter Price, have reportedly split. This happened, uh, the news broke a couple days after she posted a picture of herself with what looked like an engagement ring on her left hand during um, an Instagram post. But that may have been a decoy to get attention off of the fact that her and Hunter had split. It made me really sad because um, he opened up about being sober as well, and I thought that could be a very good influence on Catherine. But he wasn't based in Charleston, and that's where she is, and that's where her kids are, and it's probably best that she finds a partner that is closer to home. In some really exciting news... The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills appears to be getting back on track after LVP left. I was really thinking it would be difficult to come back next season with no LVP and with all of the women kind of getting along and having these rules of what they would and wouldn't say and do on camera. Well, all of that was flipped on its head this week when two new women joined the cast. And I'm totally going to butcher their names. One is Garcelle Beauvoir, I think, and then um, Sutton Strack. And uh, apparently, the women of the cast were blindsided by these announcements. Both women are actresses. Garcelle is a very large name in show business, and they are reportedly friends with Lisa Rinna. I think this is so exciting. Um, Garcelle is the first woman of color to be on the franchise, and let me just tell you, it is about time. I'm so excited to see her and Sutton on this upcoming season of Beverly Hills, and hopefully they shake things up a bit and don't just play by the rules that Kyle and the other women have set for what you say and don't say on camera. Okay, with no further ado, I am so excited for you guys to hear my interview this week with Mary Payne Gilbert of the Pain in the Pod podcast. She is hilarious, fantastic, and just a breath of fresh air. Enjoy the episode. everyone. I'm here with Mary Payne Gilbert. She's from the Pain in the Pod podcast and lives in Alexandria, Virginia. So she made the trek over the Potomac River to <laughs> come to see me in D.C. today. Hi, Mary Payne. Hey, thanks for having me. I just love being in your cool apartment in D.C. It's such your city girl and I'm just like, you know, over there by Mount Vernon. It's not as fun. <laughs> well, you're actually closer to um, the Real Housewives of Potomac. Um, I think Chris, Candace's husband, has a, is it a steakhouse or a barbecue joint no, near you? No, it's Myron Mixon's. Myron Mixon's. Uh, Real Pit Barbecue or something. Anyway, it's in my building where I work. What? Yes, yes. Okay, we I know, need to I check know that him. out sometime. Yeah. You know him? Yeah. What? Just, he, he gives me Diet Cokes. I mean, we're, we're pals. Your yeah. pals? Yeah. What does he, does he ever talk about the show? Yeah, he'll tell you anything you want. He's so nice. And I, I go in there all the time, especially if there's like breaking news. And I'll go, give me the scoop on whatever. And he'll go, oh, I don't know. You know, I guess he grabbed that butt. He goes, I, you know, <laughs> he was like, I was called as a witness, but I was drunk and I don't remember. I mean, really, that's that. So he's just so like, probably says a lot he's not supposed to. He, um, last year when all that happened with Michael that was in the news, I went in there and was like, what's the story? And he goes, all I know is we were supposed to go on this cast trip and I got my passport and I I was so excited, but this is Michael did what he did. The men couldn't go. So I have to assume that's the trip they're on oh, now to the Caymans. Yeah. yeah. He was mad because he was wanting to go on a vacation. Yes. Do they pay for the vacations for the cast? Yeah, I think they pay for them to go on vacation. But you know when they go, they're gone like three days. Yeah, it's yeah, really it's quick really because they, they keep on being like, oh, and then our first day we're doing this and our second day and then we're going home. And, and then, then it's that's like, it. <gasps> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Even when they go to Paris and stuff, it's like three days. It's like they cram it all in. Oh, my God. That's crazy. Have you met Candace? I have not. But, you know, they have filmed over there several times. Right. And I just always happen to not be there. And they've recently filmed that scene where they had like that five on the street right in front of the restaurant right. and my our mail lady came in she was like oh my gosh they had me sign a form and I'm just like get out of my way I'm trying to deliver the mail I don't get <laughs> she was like I guess that guy that's the manager over there like it's on tv and I was like no his wife is and yeah they filmed in my store before when um 
uh, uh, Monique, I was trying to think of her name. Monique was having her second baby's christening that was on like a couple seasons ago. And she was new. And so they came into the store where I work, Monday's Child of Alexandria, and they came in to look for a christening gown. And my former owner was there and talked to them and everything, but it was never on the show. Oh, I feel like there's so much they leave on the cutting room floor. Yes, yes. I really, really do like Monique, though, and her husband. We'll have to get into that. But I have a friend who was, I think it was season one or season two, they had a game night or a casino night as some sort of event for a charity and he was one of the dealers but he had no idea what was going on it was at Karen's house remember it was like in her foyer I don't (laughs) I mean but he was one of the people and the only thing that he remembered was that um Chris Samuels was there who was an NFL player and he was like oh my god and he stood at my table the whole night and we like you know talked and like shot the shit and it was just so fun and yeah my husband knows who he is I mean I would I don't know I don't follow the Redskins I don't know but when I told my husband that oh this guy you know he was a former he was like everybody knows who that is I was he's like, a big deal player he's yeah, not like know. you know um Croy <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sure Croy and his uh speedos and his manscaping yeah oh my god well so you have this pain in the pod podcast. I do. And you do a lot of true crime and reality TV and also kind of scoping out new podcasts to tell people about. Yes. What is the latest podcast that you are excited about? Well, okay. So the, the premise of my podcast is I interview podcasters. So mm-hmm. I interview you about your podcast. How'd you come up with the idea? And and so, especially for these long form ones, um, true crime and all that, I'm very interested into how long it took them to make something like that. Because as you know, as somebody who does podcasting, when you hear some of these podcasts and they've got the music and all this and you think, I mean, it takes you an hour to edit 20 minutes. So how long does it take these people? So for example, today I interviewed Michael Whelan of the Unresolved podcast. His podcast is super professional and it's obviously about unresolved crimes most you've never heard of and that's what's really interesting and his voice is just very calming but the music and then the audio files and he has you know uh, press conference clips and you could tell it's so I mean this is his full-time job and he says he generally to get a one-hour episode he'll put 50 60 hours in wow so that's what I'm interested in and I'm interested in what made him decide to do that you know like you were telling me earlier like the Jacob Wetterling case was in your town so that's mm-hmm. something you remember so a lot of these true crime podcasters will have a, a story like that like that's what got them interested, interested. yeah mm-hmm. and so his first thing he was interested in as a young kid was the Zodiac killer so okay. you know a Golden State killer. And I heard he, he was in the Senate. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Ted Cruz, bad joke. Okay, bad oh, DC God. joke. Oh Lord. And uh, <laughs> you know, so that's the guy I interviewed today. That's coming out in a couple of weeks. I've really been into this um, great podcast, and I'm going to interview her as well. And the podcast is called Room Twenty. And while it sounds kind of creepy, it is actually not at all. It ends up really being a fabulous like feel good story it's a woman in um california who just she's doing a a research paper she was at columbia university and writes for the la times and she just goes into people that are in basically just long-term care like life support for 15 years and a lot of them no one ever comes to visit them or people don't know even know who they are for example so she goes into this one particular room, room 20, and she covers, I mean, she goes into this room for like three years, and this podcast just came out about oh it. Oh my God. It's about the journey of the three men that are in this room. One is very, very old, who never speaks to her. One is a guy in the middle bed, and they called him 66 Garage, because when he had this accident, they took his car to 66 Garage, but they never knew one other thing about him, never knew his name, anything. He's been on life support for 15 years. <gasps> so she sort of makes it her mission to find out who he it really is and to let his family know where he is and because he's an immigrant and and the, a lot of the stories are people are afraid to come forward you know mm-hmm. especially in today's climate and then another guy was in another bed who just one day she looked over and he was sort of making like noises at her couldn't speak and she so she follows the stories of these people and at the end she tells the story of why she wanted to do that and what these people ended up meaning to her and I was just like I have like a just like a cold, hard little black heart and nothing makes me like, ooh, you know, I was like at the end of it, I was like, oh my God. So, I, you know, like have crying. It was yeah. really good. So I'd really recommend that one, Room 20. And then, of course, uh, Confronting OJ with Kim Goldman was great. I'm interviewing her very soon. Ooh. Yeah. So that's a, you know, if you grew up my age and I 
worked in the CNN building at Turner Broadcasting at the time of the OJ, like was in the bathroom with Greta Van Susteren all the time. She was shared an office. And for me, I was so entrenched in it because where I worked, there was TVs everywhere. I couldn't get away from it even if I wanted to. So I know every single detail about every single thing about that case. So anytime anything new comes out, I'm interested in it just because, you know, it's like, Forms in my so many of like my twenties. I was watching it so much. I yeah was one of the only kids at school that didn't see the car chase because I think it happened on a Friday, uh-huh. and uh, my family would do Shabbat dinner, and there was no television. Uh, we weren't allowed to have television. Dang it. Um, and then. I do remember my parents talking to us about it because I kept asking because everyone was talking about it at school. Yes. And then they explained to me that there was a guy and, you know, he hit his wife and he likely killed her and the friend. And I remember the friend because the friend was Jewish. And yes, we're the Jewish, Goldman's. Right. Yes, uh-huh. And so it was like this whole thing that they were really interested in that aspect of the story. My parents were. Okay. Um, which I thought was interesting. But it's just crazy because I do remember when the verdict was announced, they yep. actually stopped school mm-hmm. and we all got into different classrooms and they showed it live. And we were wow. in sixth grade, which I felt was like extremely inappropriate. Um, and I where think did you live? Minneapolis, Minnesota. Minneapolis. Okay. Okay. And, like, there was a very different view in the room based on your race. Right. Which, mm-hmm. like, they did not, and they did not, like, prepare the kids for, you know? Like, there, it was just, the like... different opinions people yeah, would have. Yeah, and just how people would feel differently. They didn't really... It was just, like, the teachers, I think, just wanted to see... They probably just assumed everybody think Everybody knows he did it. We and were, everybody agrees. Right. But not everybody agrees. And yeah. I felt like we were kind of still too young to fully like process everything like in sixth grade Mm -hmm. oh my gosh yes right and I I mean there's a lot of things that went on that were like big deals that I remember very clearly but now looking at it as an adult I see it differently you know of course yes so re-watching the whatever the show was with OJ when they redid the OJ Simpson the the show with like John Travolta and oh uh American Crime Story that was incredible Mm. for me because I was piecing together like they had um, on Jay Leno, which I almost never watched because I was the a dancing kid, Edos, right? But I thought his name was Jajito. Oh, like I didn't know it was Judge, Judge Edo. Edo. Uh-huh, so I was it. like Jajito. <laughs> Just little things like Jajito was one of the only people that would not come on Kim Goldman's podcast. He wrote her a nice email. But said he was not gonna, you know, he really wants to, you know, move on, and and it, that was just such an. It, the, her podcast is so interesting from her her family's point of view. Right, because you only get the Nicole point of view. I'm yeah. I'm more interested in that point of view, actually. Mm-hmm. That'll be so interesting. Yeah. Um, so one other thing that you did recently was this spring you went out to L.A. with I some did. other podcasters, including Aaron Martin and mm-hmm. our friend Jess. Yes. And you had some run-ins yes. with the cast of Vanderpump Rules. Can I did. Can you tell me about what happened? Okay, so we had like a podcaster meetup, uh, Aaron Martin and I did, and we went to um, Pump, and so I was trying to go to Tom Tom, but of course that wasn't going to happen, but we didn't know if like four people were going to show up, but we thought maybe like 20, and it was, and it was like 15, 20 people were coming and going all night, and it was really fun, and um, a lot of people now are like in our, Aaron and I have a separate podcast called Hey Bunky, and a lot of people are in that group, and it's really fun, and you know... So we go to, we go to Pump, we have our little podcast meetup, whatever, and then we're like, we're just going to walk down the street to Tom Tom, and we knew it would probably be a line, it was a Saturday night. So we got there, and stood in line, stood in line, stood in line, and then all of a sudden we see the white motorcycle drive up with the Tom and Tom on it. <gasps> <laughs> and you can hear it coming, right? Because it was like coming down the street, you know, down Robertson and, or yeah, wherever. And they come up, and they're. But I, I think that Sandoval was in like that white suit that he wears. Mm-hmm. I don't. I'd have to look at my picture, but I don't think Schwartz was. I think he was in regular clothes. But they both had on the white helmets. It was hilarious. They zoomed up, got out. You know, and they know what they're doing. So they're greeting people, and um, I mean, there were so many like d- drunk, you know. Like all yeah. over him and we were just you know like we were like joking we have our sensible shoes in our purse like we are not <laughs> we are not these people and then we had a whole like party behind us that was I don't know what they all had on like purple wigs and it was you know we were like we are so old being here but they um came up they took pictures with everybody 
and I like tapped Tom. I love Tom Schwartz. And he's, I think he's the cutest. And so I tapped him on the shoulder and was like, um, can I get a picture? And he's like, sure. But then all these other girls were like hanging all over. And then our line was moving up a little. We were getting close to the front. And so I tapped him again. I go, we might get let in a second. He's like, I didn't forget you. I didn't forget you. Like he turned around, took a quick picture. Super nice. Yeah. So then a few minutes later, we see, uh, Jiggy and Ken and Ken is like in a you know pink too tight shirt tucked into his jeans um and, and has got his whole like Rod Stewart hairdo comes up and he comes up but he literally like I said on our podcast he was like a Roomba he was like bumping into like oh 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 like turning around like a bumping into a wall turn around like he could there was he I mean he's walking up the street I mean, obviously he knows he's going to walk right into a, I'm on a Saturday night, right? So he knows what he's, I'm sure there's a back door. So he came right up and he had um, Nick Elaine with him, which I always say, Nick Elaine, the maestro, like they do on Watch What Happens. (laughs) Maestro, Nick Elaine, he was with him and he was like, waving to his fans which was, he was hilarious like, he, was, it up. he was like, like oh. people know who I am and he's like let all these beautiful ladies in you know we're like get away Nick Elaine you're not that main attraction so so Ken did take a few pictures like in front of the um scooter thing you know <laughs> with some ladies and then he quit they, then they ushered in him pretty quick I mean he was gonna break a hip I mean I, it was it was concerning <laughs> so he went in and a few minutes later, we did get in, and they it's very interesting the way they do it, and I, they did tell us at the time that they, they bought the place next door, and they're expanding next door, which means they're going to be taking out that entire wall where all those clocks and everything in, unless they make the bar like go around. I don't know how they're going to do that. They're taking out like, their main feature wall to go to the left, so that's another story, so I'll, I'll be interested to see what they do there, and, and they may just make it like another room, but... Um, so we get in and we had like six people or whatever, seven people that we had because we had people who have been falling by the wayside all like I'm not standing in this line, you know. Yeah. So they, um, we got in and we kind of crammed into this half circular booth. But we were in a pretty good spot because we were not in the front, which is very like shotgun style, right? You're at the bar or you're on the side and that's it. There's no tables or anything or you're standing. But we were in a booth sort of in the middle before you get to the back room, which is like a big garden room. And there was a guy there that we did debate the entire time. Was he Rod Stewart? He was not Rod Stewart, but he was a Rod Stewart kind of wannabe, but he looked pretty close. He could have been an impersonator, but he wasn't Rod Stewart because he wasn't like thin enough and tall enough. But all these um, like uh, Japanese little girls came up and ran up to him and going, Rod Stewart, Rod Stewart. And they didn't speak any English. And he was like, all right, yeah, yeah smiling, this, taking yeah. pictures. Yeah, <laughs> it was hilarious. And we were like, should we That's tell them? amazing. No, we won't, we won't tell them. But we had a great spot. So then we're standing there and, and Sandoval and Schwartz go by a couple of times. And we're like, next time, will you just come take a picture by their table? And like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they could have been nicer, but they couldn't. Aaron did run up to them and get in the middle because she had interviewed Tom, Aaron Martin and she had interviewed Tom Sandoval before so she was like can I just you know and he was like yeah let's get a Tom sandwich because you know she says I work you know I'm a reality TV writer so of course they're extra super nice to her right so then I'm just we're sitting there in our semicircle table and I look up and right there by the waiter station where the waiter you know puts the orders in the computer and I think our waiter's name was Brian Jax was standing there. Now, I have a long history with uh, love-hate with Jax. Um, he's blocked me many times. I have. Oh, uh, I'm blocked, and I uh, have never said anything rude. Yeah, well, he just thinks that you have your... So I, I could look right now, I might be blocked. I don't know. Um, and I was sort of online chatting back and forth with Stassi and I said Sheena and Jax have blocked me and so she like forwarded my thing as like Sheena and Jax don't be assholes unblock this girl. So they both unblocked me because I used to be a well, still am a big Sheena hater because she was so horrible to Stasi, and that's how I sort of met Stasi, and now we're like Twitter friends, and we DM sometimes. Not your dog, Stasi. You yeah. should you <laughs> should give uh, the real Stasi an update on how this Stasi is. Yeah, doing. I'm gonna have to take a picture of your dog Stasi with her water bowl that says Stasi, and then send it to the real Stasi. <laughs> well, the funny thing yes. is in that because we're in DC, people like aren't as familiar with reality TV, and yes. they think that she's named after the East German secret police, Stasi. Right, like when Stasi got in trouble when she right. went over to Germany and, and had SS on her. Yes, because she didn't know with her Which initials. I thought was still a little bit funny, and yeah. maybe maybe that's too dark of me. Yeah, yeah. But. People didn't people didn't get it. So so Jax is standing there. So I just think Jax. My personal opinion on Jax is he just never grew up. He's never had to be responsible for anything, and he's, he's emotionally stunted. He's emotionally stunted, and he lashes out a little bit, a la Kelly Dodd, where he'll just say the worst thing, yes. like "You're ugly," you know, like he can't think of anything. <laughs> that was a else. really good Kelly Dodd. Thanks, thanks. You know, he just he just burst out with it mm-hmm. because he can't think like 
he can't have the forethought to like either just move past it or ha ha or these people make me famous you know I should just love the haters or he just wants to be like I, I looked at your picture and you obviously you know are fat and have four kids in your stupid life in Ohio and you're like <laughs> you're like wait what like god <laughs> all he said was you should be nicer to your we're watching you on tv and people want to comment now people shouldn't comment you know whatever so it, but he's he's gross so I was a little afraid that he would call me like fat or old or something. So he sort of did. So we were sitting there and I said, there's Jack. So Aaron was on the end and she, on the other end for me. And she jumped up and said, um, Oh, Jack's, you know, I have a, um, uh, I write for whatever was she writes at the time reality reality T reality T is who she used to write yeah. for yes and so she said that and she said um, oh you know and so he said, he was like okay great and she was saying I get a picture he said sure she takes a picture so then and then she said something about her podcast okay so I jumped up and said oh I don't want to be outdone I have a podcast too will you take a picture with me and I was literally not, I was just going to take pictures of him from the side like I was not going to try to get in a picture with him and he goes okay okay and so I stood up and I said he goes what who cares about a podcast I said no no I'm just saying that because Aaron said I have a podcast but I didn't want to be outdone so I wanted to let you know I have a podcast like haha I mean we're all in this tiny little space together like I'm not going to try to talk to you very long I'm just get a picture and he goes I mean everybody has a podcast I mean who cares (laughs) And I go, oh, okay, you know, take the picture. So I think it was Jill that was with us, was sitting there, and she took the picture, and it's the worst picture of me. It's like, it's as if she laid on the floor and took it up my nose. It is the worst (laughs) picture. And she even laughed. She was like, sorry. I was like, well, I'm not getting another one. He's so hateful. So he said, uh, and so the picture, I I constantly like edit to make him look like a devil and then make me look like I'm 12, and then I'll post that Um, because there's no way to make it look good. So he goes, who cares about a podcast? Everybody has a podcast. And I go, well, you know, not everybody. And he goes, everybody has a podcast. I mean, come find me when you can make some money on a podcast. And I said, uh-oh, okay. So then Aaron said, Aaron not having heard that, said, hey, Jax, we were just saying that this place is so cool. And, and, and next year, like you'll be, uh, next season, you'll be working here. And he turned with the most vicious venom and said, why the hell would I work here? I have a $2 million house and six cars. And Aaron not being deterred said, I meant like pretend to work here for the show. And I said the same thing to him. I go, she meant pretend to work here like you pretend to work it, sir. And he goes, no, this is not my thing. I'm not going to work here. I, like, like I said, I mean, I, you know, I'm the CEO of a marijuana business. So why would I work here? And we're like, okay, what? 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 We all just, looked, oh, okay. But we were so stunned that he was just so openly aggressive and hateful. I mean, you know, I am a lady of a certain age. And that was, you know, I could have like, I don't know, like got, had a heart attack. I mean, it was, it was. <laughs> It was so crazy. It was so yes. crazy. I I mean, the way you and Aaron were describing it was just like he just turned on a dime and just went after you. It was nuts. And so Jill, to not be deterred, the girl that was with us, one of our bunkies was like, Jax, I saw you on Thursday night at Sir and you talked to me and you were nice. And he was like, oh, I had to be there. I have to do that. So, obviously, on Thursdays, he has to go for his job to Sir. Like, he's being, you know, he's not actually. And you're like, so you do pretend to work somewhere? So, that's what I said. I go, oh, so you were pretending to work there. Like, you're going to pretend to work here. And Aaron goes, uh-huh. And Aaron had, Aaron had, was done. She sat down. And I stood up. I go, well, can we just get a picture? You know, okay. Okay, it was so nice to meet you. He's like, mm-hmm, see you later. And, like, just, he never moved really from that spot. He just continued to stand there, but just, like, turned his back to us. But oh. Tom and Tom never stopped by and said hi to him. Um, they were d- busy, like running around taking pictures and being polite to people i think him and tom sandoval are on the outs again they they go back and Mm -hmm. forth but it sounds like season eight it's like Kristen versus stassi and katie again i think there's some new people i think britney doesn't vibe with one of the girls which is shocking because i feel like she get a you know get along with a wall yeah i've heard of only one new girl dana yeah i guess so but i haven't heard that anybody hates her i've just seen like pictures she's filming with Yeah. yeah Um, and then it sounds like Ariana and Tom had a little falling out with Jax. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. And then other we people had said see. it was something about something that happened at the wedding. I think Kristen said, and I haven't followed it as closely as I usually do, but Kristen said something like, no, no it, wasn't. it wasn't that. Yeah. 
So it'll be um, very interesting to see how that all turns out. And then Stasi's engaged and so yeah. you know, it's like who's gonna be in her wedding and yeah. she wants to do it in Europe and I met Bo in LA. That's another person that I met in LA. We went to uh Luann's Cabaret show and she had give, given us um these VIP tickets. So we went to the VIP lounge where um Bo was in there and had already been talking to the podcaster Jackie Schimmel. She and I oh, she, yeah. yeah, she and I chat a lot. I've interviewed her and she and I chat a lot on DM and stuff um not like you know best I'm not claiming to be best friends with her but she's very bitch funny bible. yeah bitch bible lover so I just had gone up to her and said like I'm Mary Payne I'm meeting you in person you know and so we were chatting and she made a hilarious video for my daughter who loves her completely inappropriately so she was talking to Bo in the VIP room and so I went up to her and kind of tapped her and said, will you like introduce me to Bo? But I was like, eat, you know, I was kind of scared. So, oh, sure, sure, sure. And she was nice and introduced me. And we, I was like, oh yeah, I love Stassi. And we took a picture and then I just, you know, like, I know I just peace out. Like this is, you know, they don't want yeah. to talk to me. And then I talked to Amy Phillips who was there for a few minutes. And, um, and then I was like, I'm old. I got to go home. She's like, me too. Um, <laughs> That's but yeah. so fun. Yeah, it was neat. It was neat. And you guys had a nice time with Luann as well. You had brunch with her, I think. We had dinner with her. Dinner with her. Um, So Aliza Rosen, who has the podcast Reality Reality, she knows Luann from back in the day when they had done something, um, a pilot for some show that they did with Rob Shooter as well. And so she knew her a little bit. And I guess that Luann was letting her know she was coming to L.A. And that that was the whole reason Aaron and I went to L.A. in the first place. To see Luann's mm -hmm. cabaret show. Amazing. Well, now listen, let's be honest. I could see that cabaret show anywhere. But I mean, I I saw it here yeah. in D.C. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but but uh, Aliza was like, I'll get you backstage and maybe we can have a dinner. And so that was the whole, we were like, well, we'll just use that as a jumping off point, which we did. And we did go to dinner with her and her makeup artist, Mary, that you see a lot on the yes. show. Who was very, I sat next to her. She's very nice. And, um... It was it was just really interesting because that was the day that the news had broken. Broke she had, that yeah, she had she gotten had um, in trouble. For, she had like two mimosas. Like, yes, the, bullshit. The week before, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's interesting. Um, I have a lot of uh, recovering uh, alcoholics in my family, and t- two drinks is is what you say. Like, I only had two drinks. Two drinks means like fifty. So you know. It, Erin Martin will say the same thing for the alcoholic. She knows, like, you, uh, two drinks is always what you say. Also, like you say, like, vodka doesn't smell. That's why you drink it. Like, lies that you tell yourself. So whenever she was saying, like, two drinks, two drinks, I was like, all right, girl, you know. And but, who drinks a mimosa at night? That's right. what I was wondering. Yeah. For guess, real. Like, yeah, it was like that was what was there. But so as of today, which I guess is, like, the 28th or whatever, you know, she, she put out a uh, – she put out an edict on her uh, personal stationery that says, like, today's the day. You know, she's free. It's been a rough year. So I guess she's finally off her probation. Oh, yeah. congrats. Yeah. And some other uh, housewives news in terms of legal battles. Um, Gina's husband actually, so I didn't realize this after their situation where he was basically beating her Mm -hmm. and he got arrested he lost his job as he should and um they gave him a severance and now he's trying to collect child support from gina because she's working and he's not how is he going to collect child support from her when she's the one raising the children it's not like they live with him they are with him part of the time and for however part of the time they are with him he wants money for that which is just really really low yeah Yep, very low, and I hope that a court laughs him right out. Oh, but that was really rough to to read that article because it's like, yeah, you lost your job because you right. hit your wife. You didn't actually get in trouble with the law because she decided not to press charges. Yeah, and they just re-upped her protection order, too. It goes until, like, January. So oh. I think if they re-up it, they, you know. There's definitely it's, evidence. It's something there. There's yes. something there. Something That's terrible. Which makes it really hard. Let's get into this week, uh, the O.C., Because we see Gina and she's talking about how, you know, Matt, her ex-husband, had a affair when they were married. And then now that they're not together, that's his girlfriend. And she's Mm -hmm. really upset over it. I mean... Oh, it's just so, so dark. What it's, do you th- it's like New York level dark because, you know, New York is always something the- so dark is happening there in New York City. So, yeah, it's dark. It's not it's not great. And that scene with her telling Emily and she was like, I can't do it. She like left. I mean, you know, she's she's saying I can't do it. Like, I can't do this front of cameras. And she left the room and gathered herself and, and then was just like, F it and came back and was like, I just and she's not even telling off. us the truth. She's just telling us part of the truth. Like if. 
she was saying in the court order that he had hit her before. This wasn't the first time. Okay. I see. I didn't know so, if this was like a recent thing. It happened in June, but like she said, it wasn't the first time he laid hands on her. Okay. And so I'm wondering if she's like also holding that bit back of like when their fights have escalated. Maybe yes. she was like, oh, it only happened once three months ago. It's not worth bringing up. But it sounds like from the court documents, maybe it's a it's, it's coming. Been an it's been an thing. ongoing thing. It's what it sounds like. Terrible. Which is so dark. So the ladies, um, specifically Shannon, decide mm-hmm. to, uh, to get everyone together and go to Beverly Hills. Yes. And they go on a shopping spree. I was waiting for a crossover. I was. It was so funny. They showed Villa Blanca when they're showing like everything on oh, Rodeo Drive. Yeah, oh, they yeah. had like a little quick shot of Villa Blanca. But so... I've got a quick little recap and then can ask okay. you some checks okay. about what's All going right, on. So, you know, Shannon organizes the outing to Beverly Hills because Gina's going through rough time. Gina sees a therapist. Thank God. That's Thank God. great. Emily is learning choreography for a sexy dance in Vegas that she may do for her husband, Shane, for their 10th anniversary. Mm-hmm. Or if he's not cool with it, they she may just make into a girl's trip. Emily does lash out at Shannon. We'll have to talk about that after Jeff Lewis said on his radio show that Shannon wouldn't be surprised if Emily or Gina leaves and Emily's just having a really rough time having a breakdown and Kelly lashes out at the group for repeating the train rumor oh dear god where do we start okay (laughs) I would like to start with um when Emily went to do the sexy dance and what was that creature that was teaching her the sexy dance I didn't understand the makeup I don't know what was happening that dance instructor it was like she'd gotten two sharpies and circled all over her face I had no idea what was going on. They made it sound as if it was like clearly obvious that she was some sort of famous choreographer. Right. Right. But this is a topless show. But the show is in Vegas and they were in Orange County. So did she come to Orange County just to do the like choreography just for Emily? Yeah, that wasn't that wasn't none clear. of it was clear. It was clear that it was like production had set it up. Yeah. But it and was she learned very... that dance in like four minutes. And it wasn't hard. No, it was a little, you know, a little kickball change. Like, oh, do your hip to the right. Yeah. I did like Emily saying, you know, I wanted to show my body and how my body can be beautiful just because it doesn't look like, you know, your perfect body. Mm-hmm. She's gorgeous. Everyone she knows gorgeous. she's gorgeous. Yes. She's like stunning. Yes. She just looks weird on camera next to Tamara because Tamara's the size of a toothpick. Well, yes. But um, it was really hard to watch Emily kind of break down while they were in Beverly Hills going shopping and just saying that she was barely holding it together. What I you- imagine she's gone through a lot. And like, and like we're saying, like we haven't heard the whole story of what all she's going through. She's only telling the affair part. And- oh, that's Gina. Oh, oh, I'm sorry, 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 sorry. Yeah. You know, I always get them confused because I think I know, Emily looks like Gina people. and Gina yeah. looks like Emily. Like, you know what I mean? Like the names There's- should be. Okay, right. So, so Gina... Gina's got the fair husband. Emily is telling about Shane, the little twerp. Okay. The little twerp who okay. hasn't spoken to her in 10 days. They're married. Mm-hmm. He's in the same city. Three children. They have three of their own and two of his previous, I right. think. So they have five children in the house at some points. Yes. And he has gone at some hotel studying right. for the bar. Right. This is such BS. I mean, and I've seen a lot of people on various you know Facebook groups saying like, okay, for those of you who have studied for the bar and maybe have chaos at your house, maybe you have a kids, husband, dogs, whatever, do you then go to a hotel for 10 days? And all these people are like, uh, no, you go to a library or, I mean, this t- you come home at night and you come home. It's BS. You don't need to be sequestered like you're in the OJ Simpson trial. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Sequestered. I mean, yeah, but people say, you know, he's obviously mad at her because of the way he came off last season, which is his own fault. And he's mad that she returned to the show. Probably he's mad that she's got doing something for herself. Doesn't like it. And so he's, this is and how he he's punishing her. It. And he's punishing her. He's mm-hmm. totally punishing her. It's really hard. And what I find odd is like his family seems so lovely. He's, she seems close to his parents and his sister. The mom They're- is like a um, Polly Pocket. Right? Yes, they, she's they're the like, tiniest they thing. come off very well on camera, totally normal. It's him that's the problem. Yeah. I don't quite understand. But so, okay, so explain to me if you if you know <laughs> about the the Mormon Persian. Okay. So do we think because obviously his mom and his sister came over to the house and were like party party whoop it up, so they're not Mormon. I think he converted. So with his first wife he became Mormon. Yes, I don't know if she was Mormon, but he definitely converted. He was not born Mormon. Okay. 
Okay. That's my understanding. Yeah. I mean, it has to be because, I mean, there's, I mean, Persian Mormon is weird enough, but the mom is like, woo woo, party, party, drink some wine. So she's not Mormon. No. And it's, I, I've never heard of a, a Mormon marriage where one person's Mormon and the other isn't like, it's just an unusual thing because it's, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I will tell you that if you watch Love After Lockup, there's there's Andrea and Lamar, and she is a Mormon and trying to convert him, and he's like from the Crips, from the LA Crips, and he's like, all these Mormons up in here? I mean, hilarious. He's like, these Mormons got you brainwashed. Oh, Um, my God. She's trying to convert him. Um, Anyway, back to uh, Shane. Yeah, I think Shane is awful, and I think he's just punishing her, and he's not at a hotel. He's just literally like, when the cameras leave, I'll come home. I feel like... She married him for his family. If you like, she you know she talked about how she had a rough relationship with her mom. Mm-hmm. Her mom wasn't, you know, very present. She they didn't speak for over a year back in Ohio. And I feel like she became very close to Shane's family and like is in it for the family. Yeah, like, they his got parents, engaged over like over uh, G chat, G chat, which I was like, and is his, that even a thing? His parents <laughs> live like next door or something, yeah. or like his sister lives across the way. They all live in the same area. And she was wanting to have another baby with him, and I was like, come on, she just wants another baby. I don't know if she wants it with. Yeah. Him. Yeah, 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 yeah. So crazy. So what do you think of Kelly this season? Kelly is totally like ripping it all up and just not following any rules, breaking down the fourth wall. I love Kelly. I adore Kelly on this show. Now, I know that right now I feel like every single person on the cast is on the outs with Kelly. I feel like they're all like on in the modern outs day of, in, like, in current yeah. times. I feel like they're all on the outs with Kelly. Um, and I don't know why. And I'll be interested to Even see. Even Bronwyn? I don't know about Bronwyn. Mm-hmm. Bronwyn seems to maybe be Switzerland. Like she's right in the middle. But um, because, you know, she's new. So she kind of has to be. Yeah. But it just seems like for sure the Trace Amigas are against uh, Kelly. They're against Kelly now. and yeah. But I think actually Emily and Kelly formed a bit of an alliance. I've so sort weird of how these very shows odd go. how they do this. Yeah. Uh, Kelly, I-, I have to tell you that. When they said this week, the choo-choo, or this, she said last week about the choo-choo, we don't mention the train, which by the way, it was Tamara that said it first. Oh. Tamara said it first. And then Tamara's she tried the to say worst. like, she tried to say like, I couldn't believe Vicky said that. I was like, let's rewind. You said, oh, we're not mentioning the train. And then they were like, shh, shh, shh don't say that. She said it first. So Tamara's the worst. Uh, she, it is so funny when I listen to Watch What Happens because um, Ronnie Karam hates her so bad. And he always describes her as like a possum on top of a dumpster. Look, that's what Tamara mm-hmm. looks like, and she so does. it's because she's always like with her beady little eyes. But I, when they said that last week, and then this week, when they first said it, I go, "Does anybody under or like what?" They were like, on, "Were they like on the Acela going to New York?" <laughs> like, uh, I don't the Northwest Regional. Like, I had to Google it to figure well, out that they were talking about a sex train. And well, then I was like, "What exactly is a sex?" I train? know what that is. I've, I've heard tell of that in college, people doing this. So I, when somebody laughed, he goes, LOL, it's like pull a train. Like, and I go, you mean like, like sex? Like Kelly like one died. guy after the other yeah, guy after yeah. the other guy. Like, this is like a drunk college girl thing, you know, like basically it's, you know, rape. So I was, I was like, like, that's like gang rape. I just have, I've never heard of the situation where someone willingly is interested in doing this. Yeah. And that other people were watching and then now everybody knows. And this is like a, a, a mom who has these like very rich and fancy boyfriends. Like the, if this actually happened, there would be evidence. I, this is someone would, uh, this did not happen. And so there's ha- no way. Cause I think she would own up to it. If something did happen, I she would say she was, Oh my God, I was raped. I was at a party. There was drugs or whatever. I think she yeah. is very open about sex. Yes. Not I about am. drugs. No, she's yeah. not open about drugs, but she's open about sex. She's not ashamed of any of it. So it's just like, she also reacts very differently to this rumor. than I feel like she did to the cocaine, which makes me feel like, the cocaine story is true, mm-hmm. but this isn't because she just got so upset about the cocaine, like so worked up and so because she it's true. People know she does this like yeah. a lot of people do cocaine. It's not that unusual. And then this story, she kind of was like, that's ridiculous. It is so ridiculous. It It, it is it's one of those things that's so ridiculous that you think there's no way it's true. And I think it will be proven not to be true. But I would like to know, where does something like that even start? So, it's so crazy. Kelly was on um, Everything Iconic, Danny oh, Pellegrino's uh-huh. yes. pa- podcast today. And she was saying that, it, like, she said who the, the guy was that told the story to Shannon and, 
and Vicky. And then apparently she calls him on camera. I don't know if they end up showing it and being like, why did you tell them? Where did you hear this? And it's basically that he made it up. Um, wow. And she was saying like it's this guy that doesn't like her. And like he's like an Orange County guy and like people know him. And he just, was it like, Corey Larrabee, uh, Vicky's <laughs> super fan? <laughs> no, but uh, you do you know all the Vicky super fans. Are they they're all up in arms? There's some guy I was like follow that I like follow on Twitter who's just like I am just you know gonna boycott the OC because of Vicky and I was like okay the Corey Larrabee the only reason I know about him was because when Jeff Lewis said on his show about Vicky's dresses being too tight Corey Larrabee came after Jeff and then Jeff would be on his show like who is this guy and they would play his music and stuff which all the songs are about Vicky and that is um how come I know his name because then I just interviewed um, Anthony Lario of Tony's Tea Corner uh-huh. and his first guest on his show was Corey Larrabee. That's hilarious. Incredible. So that is why it is. It's like a super fan. It's super like top fan. of mind and it reminds me of when um, you know remember that time when Britney was like um, being put in um, mental institutions and things that guy was like leave Britney alone. That yeah. guy was crying. <laughs> yeah. That reminds me of Corey Larrabee. like leave Vicky alone. <laughs> I was like I, I, and I said to um to Anthony, I said, have you reached out to Corey since the news came out about Vicky? You need to check on him. He's like, I probably do need to check in on him. So (laughs) one of the funniest things from this entire episode was the mix-up situation with Jeff Lewis and how he said on his radio show, I was speaking to Shannon and Shannon said. And Shannon said, yes. And then it was like, you know, that Gina and Emily like might be gone or something like that. And they all get confused and it like, you know, people are telling Emily, Shannon went on a podcast and said, you suck. And so I was like, like, what podcast? Right. It was not a podcast. It was a radio show. And, and it Shannon, was just, it was secondhand information that Jeff said. It yes. was so funny, the tweet that Emily wrote. When she is angry, <laughs> she is quite funny. She's I, a little she's a little Kelly Dodjack. She is. She just goes right for it. What did she say? Frozen fish is fascinating or riveting. Or was riveting. Yeah, yes. frozen, hashtag frozen fish is riveting. <laughs> making fun of Shannon's. Um, like she's like you may have lost like 40 pounds of weight but like not 40 but like you haven't lost any jealousy or, or something, something like that stupid, yeah. you know and then Shannon's like the two like triumphs I had last year you know losing the weight and starting my own business and it's yeah. like Shannon please <laughs> get it together you know that whole thing was so funny I hope to see more spice from Emily this season because I yeah. appreciate her when she's angry when she told Kelly Dog- Dodd that she was gonna effing kill her yeah like that was so funny. That's, I know I know, I shouldn't laugh, but it's like just the fact that it's seeing these women dressed to the nines, screaming at each other. She's in that red, that red jumpsuit. That red beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love them. Um, question. Okay. Why do you think Vicky is getting blamed for the train rumor and not Tamara, even though it's very clear that Tamara is the one that said it on camera? Um, because I think, I think it'll come back around. I think we have the, we have, we have the footage, Tamara said it, but you know, probably Vicky and Tamara decided beforehand, like somehow we've got to find a way to bring it up. Somebody mentioned going on a train somewhere and then we'll say, you know, they tried to figure out a way to bring it up. The dinner was closing down and that's when Vicky said, oh, I know lots of things about her. And the Tamara just blurted out, you mean the train? You know, so poorly done. What do you think of Bronwyn as an addition? Bronwyn... I don't know about Bronwyn. I did feel for her story that she told about her daughter going away to be a dancer and having these body issues and, you know, whatever her eating disorder was. I I, I thought that was a, a good story, a good compelling story. I mean, with 47 kids, she's going to have some stories. <laughs> I, I mean, I did think it was interesting this week when everybody left and she was in her house by herself. You know, I, uh, yeah, I kind of, I felt that that was sad. Um, and I was also like, do they have like a church passenger van? Like, how do they fit all those kids in a car? I am so fascinated by Bronwyn's mom. So I am um, Betsy Johnson. (laughs) Each time we get like new nuggets of information about her, how she's this medical doctor, but then discovered Burning Man and then got really into, you know, different types of like healing and, you know, Eastern medicine. And oh, she was also in this rock band and would just like leave me around the bar and there was cocaine everywhere. Yes. Like, 
Oh my God. So yes. I made my first, one of my first memes. I'm not very uh, tech savvy when yeah. it comes to Instagram. And it was about Bronwyn's mom and her mom picked it up <gasps> and then like reposted it. It was so kind. I didn't even have a watermark that she like kept my like at ITRL underscore podcast. Wow. It was very sweet. Put it up and then what, camera what's on liked the meme? it. What's on the meme? So it's a picture of her, which looks like her at Burning Man, saying, mm-hmm. I want to go to Burning Man with Bronwyn's mom. And yes. it was like the first episode. Like, yeah. I didn't know anything about it. Was it was her, like, them. naked in front of the Burning Man? That, she was that picture? That, it was, no, it was like with all of the colored hair. Yeah. And she's got this hat on and she's like looking into the like sunset. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> I've got to go find that. It is, it is really funny. I have a friend uh, who goes to Burning Man every year and he has no. promised me he is, oh, yeah, you know. Like people, it just go, that, that, that's burners the, or whatever. I, but he oh is promising me he's going to find Bronwyn's mom yeah. because I told her because she started following me on Instagram. I said I have Stop. a friend, and apparently the because at Burning Man you're part of different camps, uh-huh. and the camp that she is is this art installation, mm-hmm. and it's apparently in the middle of like camp. It's like you know seventy thousand people go to the desert, and like the middle of the seventy thousand people is this art installation. Like it sounds like right. it's on it's, one of the main roads. It's right. like a big deal they have one of them right now at the national geographic museum oh yeah, well, yeah. you can mm-hmm, see mm-hmm. it's it's pretty cool so um we'll see if because my then friends because they, then they take it all down they leave no trace and, yeah uh, and they uh, like go through the sand and make sure there's no trash or any it's so it's so out there yeah. but he uh who has you know not a whole lot of understanding of what the real housewives of orange county is is going to find dr deb for me fantastic so, that I, means you don't have to go <laughs> yourself i would i mean the idea of being in a place where there are dust storms yeah no bathrooms. Um, and that you can't sleep because people are up all night with like crazy music and lights. Mm-hmm. I It's like an absolute terror for me. That no, would be, no bathrooms. That's, I can't get past it. I mean. No showers. You, it depends. You can, you can stay in camps that have them because there are people that have like campers. Mm-hmm. But you just have to spend a lot of money. And why would you spend a lot of money. To do that. To do that. No. I when wouldn't. I have a shower like, you know. 30 feet that way. <laughs> uh, I, I will see your pictures. And yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now, you also um, watch The Real Housewives of Potomac. And of you know Chris, Candace's husband. Because he gives you Diet Coke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, what do you think of this season? I think it's good. And, you know, I was a little behind on it, but now I'm, I'm caught up. I didn't uh, watch all of the New Orleans stuff. Um I kind of zipped through that. I don't know why I didn't find it so fascinating, but I think it's really good. I think that it's always sort of been the, um, you know, redheaded stepchild of Bravo. Mm -hmm. And and I think it's really holding its own. Like, like everybody was just so into Dallas, but I think Potomac is really holding its own. Totally. I 100% agree. At first I thought, oh, maybe I just like it because I live here and Mm -hmm. I know what they're, where they're going, what they're doing. I know bits of information. You're always looking for the restaurant. Like, have I ever been to that restaurant? Yeah. You know, and uh, I think it is incredible. Although I started with season three. I haven't seen seasons one and two. Okay. So this is my first time experiencing Katie. Oh, okay. Katie um, is not right. I know. Mm -hmm. I know. So... This is what happens on this episode. So the ladies are still in Cayman Islands. And last week's episode ended with Ashley kind of going a little bit too far with Katie telling her, you're not mentally strong enough to be in this group of women. True statement. And Katie agrees. And Mm -hmm. like the rest of the time feels like she's kind of despondent, seems quite off. And then at the end of the episode, they can't find her. Yeah. What do you think happened to Katie? She left in the middle of the night because when they went to her room, remember, and they joked, but you know, they were half drunk and they go, look at Katie got her scarf and her coat on. And I was like, because she's She's, leaving. (laughs) Yeah. What is the deal? And then, um, you know, she's not feeling well. And Robin is like, could you be pregnant? And she's like, I don't know. And she's like, well, are you having sex? Yes. Are you using protection? No. When was your last period? It was supposed Uh, to be today. Yeah. Oh my God. Well, you know, that guy, Jacob, that's her boyfriend, mm-hmm. she's engaged to somebody else now. It's on her Instagram. I was, because when I watched the Potomac, I was like, let me see about Katie. She's, you know, she used to post those real crazy videos. Right. So didn't and, she post a video of herself having a miscarriage? Mm-hmm. She's posted that. And then she's posted just you know, screaming at the camera videos about, you know, she lost custody of her children. And they now live like in New Jersey with her ex-husband. And there's a lot there. There's a lot there. And she is engaged to somebody else now. Um 
not not Jacob, some other guy, and she's in the midst of like putting out her life story. She's doing like a movie, and she's on her Instagram is all these pictures of her on these movie sets of this her her life story. I mean, I don't know. So why? So the the news that broke a couple weeks ago was that Katie was not invited to the reunion. Right. Why do you think that is? She didn't have anything to say, probably. You know, she was so much of a side character. But, of course, they bring up... Oh, I think she had stuff to say. She had so much stuff to say about Ashley. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe Ashley was like, I won't come if she comes. But, you know, that doesn't usually work. I don't know. I think she... Maybe they know she's not well. And she doesn't need to be there. Yeah, I'm wondering if she, like, didn't pass some sort of psych exam. Because I thought that one of the reasons her kids were taken away was, like, she wouldn't go to see a psychiatrist. And that was, like, mandated by the court. I don't yeah that sounds right I I don't know I just know that her Instagram stuff has been upsetting to the point where like I don't want to look at this because this is somebody that needs 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 some help help and probably shouldn't be on television Mm -hmm. yeah that's really scary um the other thing going on is Giselle being messy of course of course making these little digs at Karen that she thinks Karen isn't actually in charge of her uh, perfume company <laughs> but she'll support her in you know regardless yeah and then is poking at Candace and Ashley for actually getting along and incites another fight among them yeah Giselle seems to me to be so obviously messy that it's not as cute as I maybe recalled it last season. It's getting to yeah. be like she thinks she's the puppeteer, but it's very obvious. And it's not done like, I don't know, in a way that, you know how Bethany can drum up a storyline, Ramona can drum up a storyline, and you know they know what they're doing, mm-hmm. but it doesn't seem as obvious. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I think Ramona doesn't know what she's doing. She doesn't. Bethany, <laughs> Bethany does. Bethany definitely does. Um, you know, or I'm just trying to think of who's like really good or like Leanne, Yeah, you know, can like put something out there, knows it's going to cause. Well, I mean, Vanderpump was good at that. Oh my God. R.I.P. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> LVP. Oh man. You're right. She was the, actually the, the ultimate yeah. puppeteer. Giselle, it's just so obvious to me that it's not as fun. I want to know what she really thinks. Now here's some scoop. I met Karen Huger in the Amtrak station. No. So Way. Yeah, I was up. In, I would uh, love that. <laughs> I was up in New York and uh, coming back, and I was with my sister and her friend, and then my friend Ingrid. That we go to New York together a lot, and we're you know we, right when we get to Penn Station, in New York, where I was like, find a red cap who will take us to the train early to make sure we can sit together. It's just like a Penn Station is not as civilized as Union Station. It's like oh, it's like it's rats a- running <laughs> down to the. It's crazy. So. We're going to get our red cap, and I see Karen Huger walk by, and I said to Ingrid, I go, that's Karen Huger, and she goes, how do you know? I go, I mean, do you have eyes? I mean, she had on the short blonde wig, and she had these huge sunglasses on, and like all black, you know, like spandex socks, spandex pants, um, you know, like tracksuit, and you know, it's very obviously her. So she goes over and sitting in the red cap section also. Mm-hmm. So we stand and we stand and we discuss, we debate, should I go over there? Should I not? You know. So I went over there and crouched down. And we have a picture of me crouching in front of her. Like, I'm like, I come in peace, you know? And, um, I crouched in front of her and just said, hi, Karen. I said, you know, I'm Mary Payne Gilbert. I have a podcast. I live in DC. And she's like, okay. And I just said, I know, you know, then I was like, I know Chris. I mean, Chris and I are not like best friends. He does not come over for drinks, but I always lead with that. So like I come in peace, like I know Chris and um, she could not have been nicer. And I said, oh, Ashley had just had her baby. And I said, oh, it's great about Ashley's baby. It's too bad. All this stuff is on the show this week about Michael, you know, and the butt grabbing and all that. And she said, here's the thing. If she would just tell us, you know, what is going on, but when we have to hear it on the news, I said, yes, maybe they have an arrangement. That's Mm -hmm. my opinion. And that that's good. Who cares? That's their arrangement. And she goes, that's how we feel. If they have an arrangement, she should just tell her castmate, and then we will not have to get messy about it because she has told us. But she, you know, claims that they're just in love, and she's like, anyway, you know, it's so frustrating. And she goes, I was going to watch what happens live, and it'll come out on, what their show comes out on Monday. So she recorded it. Oh, it was, Sundays, yeah. She had recorded it the night on Thursday to come out on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And she goes, and I said that on the show, like, you know, we support her and we love her. And she had that baby and I sent a message and she was like, but, you know, we just, gosh, you know. And then I said something about Chris. I said, oh, I saw him recently go after somebody on Twitter, like Jack style, like, 
you know, shut the fuck up. I'll come to your house and kill you like that. Like, you know, hardcore. And I said, Ooh, I said, that's just not the guy I know. You know, she was like, mm. she was, he gets real mad on Twitter and I've had to talk to him about it. Like, you know, you know, just keep it. You know, she was like, I told him just, you know, keep hating me, but keep following me because you know, but you know, uh, you watch me on your TV. So who cares? She was very caring. She was very nice. And she, her skin was flawless. So then later I saw Chris and I told him about how I met her and she was nice. And I said, she was different than what I thought. I said, her skin is so beautiful. It's her skin is false. And he shade. He goes, she should start a skincare line instead of a perfume line. <laughs> and he That's also told incredible. me, that, he told me that Giselle will never take pictures with anybody and is rude to fans. Um, I can, yes, <laughs> I can attest to that. Yeah. I, um, saw her and Karen, at Erica Jane's concert oh, a couple blocks that wow. way at the Howard Theater in December. And they were there together. And Karen went backstage to see Erica and Giselle decided to leave. And so she was escorted out. I mean, people wanted photos with her. Yeah. I wasn't going to like, but I mean, I kind of ran after her to see if I could get a photo yeah. of her. Yeah. Um, she drove herself there. Uh-huh. In her she little Mini in- Cooper? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had no idea that that's what she drove. So I was like, it looked like she was getting into a clown car. Yeah. It was so small. She's just, always on that in the show. she's tall yeah. and she was stunning. But people were like, where's Karen? And she's like, Karen off being Karen. Yeah. <laughs> and then gets in her car and goes away. Well, he said that, you know, he's had like friends. Like, oh, you know, Giselle's here. And he'll go up to, hey, Giselle, take pictures with my friends. She's like, no, I'm working. He's like, like so am I. <laughs> Yeah, he. She's just not as. Um, I think probably like. I don't know. She wasn't as warm. Karen seemed like, oh my god, I'm here to support a fellow mm-hmm. housewife. I'm going to go backstage. Yeah, I'm going to live it up and meet Mikey. <laughs> like, yeah, of course. Because you know we saw Mikey uh, and like when he was there was like some sound check or something like that, and I just was like, oh, Mikey, and he turned and waved and was oh, just like cute. reveling and like the fact that someone recognized yeah. him. He's like left and right and pat the puss down <laughs> and up. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it was incredible to see her in concert. I would she was, l- I would have loved to have seen that. She was really talented. I mean, anyone at that age that can do those things at any age, but especially at her age, you know, not like 45 is old or 47, however old she is. It's just like she was doing just incredible dancing. And I I mean, I'm sure she was lip syncing most of it because I don't know how you could do that and have your breath. Yeah. But the show was only 43 minutes start to finish. And there was no like four songs and there wasn't any opener. Yeah. So it was kind of like the best 43 minutes of your life. I mean, I had the best time and I was like, guys, I don't think this is going to be like a late night. I think we're just going to like go. (laughs) We'll be home at 943. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So it was, it was a great time. Um, so any other thoughts on Potomac? Any other run-ins you've had with the cast? Of Potomac, um, the only thing was is that a few years ago when Potomac first started, we had tickets to watch What Happens Live, and we went, and she and Mike from Shaw's of Sunset were the guests. Who's she? Uh, Giselle. Giselle. Sorry. Oh. And it, it just, this, it was first season. It was a brand, yeah. And um, Mike of Shaw's of Sunset, that news had just broken about, like, he was getting divorced, and his wife had, you know, got those allegations against him, all this cheating and all that stuff. So he was... Full misery. You never see anybody so unhappy in your life. Like during the breaks, he wasn't talking or anything. Giselle during the break, twenty six people came up and like spackled her head to toe, like a like a car going into a pit stop. I was like, whoosh, 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 and then they run off. Um, but she at the beginning, no, at the end when she was leaving, we were all standing and clapping because they come the tiny little space. And she comes right through, and we said, um, me or my friend Ingrid said, um, hey, hey, you know, we tweeted you that we're here. We're your people. We're DC. And she goes, you're not my people. <laughs> <laughs> we're like oh okay good love the show <laughs> like why, why would you say that to someone she is so um she laughed but she's, she's like you're funny. not my people i was like oh okay. watch what happens live is the coolest yeah. i went uh last year when it was tom and katie schwartz and katie <gasps> that'd be great and um craig mcneil uh told tom to go find me um so he came out and uh, i was like oh i'm i'm craig's friend hi yeah. he was so friendly and i was like i'm from minnesota also he grew up in minnesota yeah. we were just chit-chatting he's so tall yeah both, so both the toms are tall tall i just was so shocked by that and katie was so beautiful I think she's like, beautiful I don't get I all mean, that I've, I don't get all I've the always hate thought towards, she I was pretty I've, I've never got but that like, hate towards her this like level of stunning in person yeah. was like take your breath away stunning mm-hmm. I've always thought I, I don't get the hate towards Katie at all 
People, I just think she... She has had some bad seasons, but they all have. She's had bad seasons, but I also think she keeps a close circle, and people don't like her for that. She doesn't Mm -hmm. trust people. She only has a couple close friends. She doesn't need more than that, um, and she doesn't want to let people in, because why should she? She just wants to live her life, you know? And um, she also doesn't put on a show for people and pretend to be excited when she's not, or Mm -hmm. pretend to be happy when she's not. Um, I appreciate her honesty. I like her, too. Yeah, I like everybody on that show. Well, I do too. You know how not people always, but you know how people yeah. say, and, and we can end with this. People say that oh, Vanderpump Rules is the show of the most awful people ever. I actually don't think that. I think that they're really like interesting. Mm-hmm. They have unusual friendships, very different view than my own. Um, but the most awful show I feel like, or the cast, is Southern Charm. Okay. I <laughs> can't get over not the women, but like. Shep and Austin and and Whitney and Thomas Ravenel and like their behavior and the kinds of things that they say and the contempt they have for your average human being who isn't like them have their background is so like I'm like no this is the show of like horrible people they're very elitist and I think that's why there's nothing special about I think that's why Craig on that show is a little bit different because he's from here I mean you know he's from Delaware you know three hours from here and didn't grow up like that so I think that's why he comes across a little different and a little more empathetic because he wasn't he didn't grow up being told like you know I mean you're better than everyone yeah Shep just said on the reading like oh you know my grandmother said things like and you're like oh god the underlying misogyny and racism and it's pretty rough yeah um, but thank you so much for coming all the way over the Potomac to I'm be in here. DC. I'm in the big city and this is twice in one day and I really feel like I'm living. You're living it. You got to meet Stassi the dog. I, as we can see I her see now. Her, she's her, uh, drinking out of her water bowl. Drinking out of her little water bowl. I can't wait to get a picture of Stassi it the dog. It says Stassi on the yes. water bowl and on the water mat. Just to be sure you know who she is. <laughs> and yes. um, can you just uh, tell us where we can find you on social media and where we can find your podcast? Okay. Um, on social media, it's pain in the pod unless you want to follow me personally and see like pictures of my kids that's Mary Payne too and uh, there's a Hey Bunky Instagram as well <laughs> that's like a joke because we're just trying to get stuff on there to get people interested in our Hey Bunky Patreon but Pain in the Pot is my main uh, podcast and that's where I interview podcasters and I have coming up uh, I've got the I just recently did the 22 hours about the DC mansion murders oh yes I yes. saw that I am really I need I'm excited to listen that to was that. like a local story but it was again it like a worldwide like a, story yes. yeah and um and that's that's what I'm doing and I, I love it and it's you know we're coming up on one year for when it got released so it's growing and as you know it's 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 hard it's speaking of trains it's like it's like a little choo-choo train that you're like always trying to just keep going keep going you know podcasting is is hard work y'all it is tough (laughs) well thank you so much for being here this was so much fun yeah so much fun to meet you in person yes it's the best well thanks everyone and have a great week Also, you. The Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous walrus, the bulbous walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Waiting for spring is one thing. Waiting for spring savings is another. At the Home Depot, you don't have to wait for either one. Our best prices of the season are here now, in-store, online, store-wide. Get a 40-volt, battery-powered Ryobi string trimmer for just $159. And more savings on everything, from fresh paint to power blowers. You've waited long enough. Bring on spring. The spring savings event, now at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Vowed through April 18th while supplies last.